It's the My Michelle Live podcast. Looking for the God story and news of the day. My Michelle Live news and views. Here's Michelle. Welcome to News and Views Thursday. So yesterday we took on the coronavirus vaccine, some of the health concerns and some of the hopes Today, we're going to look at it from more of a practical point of view. We're going to look at it through history. We're going to look at it through the eyes of fear. And we're going to look at it through the eyes of your boss. Yeah, your boss can fire you, they say, if you refuse to get a COVID vaccine. It is coming to the point where you may not be able to fly at cer- in certain airports. We already know going to different places around the world, you may need vaccines. What if we get to the point where it's a criminal act not to have the vaccine? The thought of criminalization of non-vaccination has been around for a couple of years. California believes they can implement mandatory vaccination for everyone at all times, and you will be arrested. California recently became the first state in the U.S. where lawmakers removed religious exemptions to those opposing vaccines for their children. This new law that has passed, you're going to be charged criminally if you reject a vaccine. If you're an adult volunteer and reject a vaccine in California, yes, criminal charges for you. The mother planned on having her baby at home, went into labor, so she called the midwife, and the midwife suggested that she get in an ambulance and go to the hospital. After a series of questions and her not signing a safety plan, they ended up taking custody of her baby and then injecting the baby with hepatitis B B vaccination. Uh, Then, of course, they kicked the mother out, only letting her return to the hospital every three hours to uh, breastfeed. So this is the world we're living in. We are concerned about spreading things in this new world. God knows things have been spread in the past, but we're afraid. I get it. And we have had our lives disrupted and the vaccine is finally here. How do you feel about it being mandatory in your workplace? Take into consideration roughly 4 in 10 Americans, uh, 40%, and some say higher, but they say they would definitely or probably not get a vaccination, and that's according to a recent survey by the Pew Research Center. You got a story on this, Lisa? Yes, I do, and this new story comes from KTNW, and it says a big portion of Americans do not want to take the COVID vaccine. In the race towards a vaccine, there have been a lot of hurdles. First, it was learning about this new virus and how it affects the body. Then, it was developing a vaccine that was safe and effective. But now that two are on the horizon, the biggest hurdle facing companies like Pfizer and Moderna is getting people to actually get the shot. Maybe 10 to 15 percent of people are just never going to go and get a vaccine because they feel strongly against it. Katie Milkman is a professor at the Wharton School of Business at the University of Pennsylvania. That 10 to 15 percent of anti-vaxxers she just mentioned is part of the 42 percent of Americans who recently came out in a Gallup poll and said they would not get an FDA-approved COVID-19 vaccine. Experts say we need 70% of the population to be vaccinated uh, to have herd immunity. I don't understand why we look past that. No, sometimes I just need to get it. And for most of us, it's not a big deal. Unfortunately, for some, the coronavirus truly, truly is. And that's why we're heading in this direction.
Now, according to employment attorneys under the law, uh, an employer can ask an employee to get a vaccine. And if they don't, they can fire them in certain states. What is it going to look like today? Again, we're going to talk to an HR expert. She has a doctorate in this. What a woman. You're going to love this interview with Dr. Shirley Davis. We're going to take this conversation off the wall with some off the wall commentary and we'll even look to history and the God story. Yeah, there has been this conversation about uh, taking medications and what we should do. All of this has happened in the past and it comes from an interesting source you may have heard of Martin Luther. So all of this coming up today as we take on the vaccine on News and Views Thursday. What an age we are in. Think about this. We have a vaccine and it can, as many people say, be our relief to get us back to a normal life again. A vaccine would teach our bodies to fight the infection by stopping us from catching the coronavirus, or at least that's the idea, or make it less deadly. Having a vaccine alongside better treatment is what they call the exit strategy. But is it the only strategy? And what does that mean to you? And how do you feel, by the way, about it being required? By your job. Companies are considering making the coronavirus vaccine mandatory for employment. Wow. And according to some, they say, oh, yes, they can. Well, Dr. Shirley Davis is with us. She has a doctorate in organizational management and human resources. She's the president and CEO of SDS Global Enterprises. Now, you know what they do? They are a strategic development solutions firm. So they specialize in HR strategy. In other words, she knows her stuff, and she's the person to ask on this. And I have it on good authority because we were just talking a few moments ago. She is a really neat person to talk to. So we're in for a treat today. Dr. Shirley Davis, thanks for being with us. Hello, Michelle. What a pleasure and an honor to be here with you, too. Thank you for, for really talking about this important information. I'm really thrilled and excited. Yay, a vaccination oh. is here. <laughs> well, and that's, there's some people who really are excited. They're thinking we have a yeah. hope and we have a future. But some of the problems yeah. with this is that people are saying, well, I would like to have more information. I would like to have a choice. Yeah. It kind of runs, mm-hmm. it runs in the opposite direction of everything that we are in America, freedom of speech, freedom of association, freedom of choice. And now more and more, it's seen some of our freedoms taken away. Yeah, if, if you look at it that way, right? But this is actually, when we think about this global pandemic, this is a matter of health and safety, right? It has literally changed our world around. But as you mentioned too, yes, some companies, some industries have made it a requirement. But here's the reality, Michelle, it's not new, right? There are companies and industries right now that have an established practice for vaccinations as a part of their health screenings when they do medical exams. So that's already, that's, it's already out there anyway. Those industries like healthcare and nursing homes and schools and other high-risk populations and in, in, in those environments, they're already required anyway. 
Yeah, we do see a lot of requirements that we should take into consideration. There's some businesses yeah. that don't allow smoking uh, and beyond just That's business. Right. If you want to travel, uh, now we're talking about airlines having requirements for vaccinations. But if I've traveled outside of the country many times, we need to get mandatory vaccinations like it or That's right. not. Uh, so That's you're right. saying that, yes, your boss can fire you if you refuse refuse to get the vaccine. You know, and I, yes, that is the case in some of those industries that I just talked about, right? It can be utilized as a condition of employment. Now, being in HR, that's not our goal and our role. We don't want to fire people and terminate their employment, particularly since we are now having so much of an economic downswing as well, too. But there is some uh, options, right? So, yes, we can make this mandatory as a condition of employment, but there's, you have to consider there are some people who have really deeply held religious beliefs, and they would be protected under the um, Civil Rights Act, under Title VII. We also know that some people may be allergic to it. From a healthcare perspective, they may not be able to take it because they may be, you know, as I said, they may have other uh, pre-existing conditions that would prevent them. In those cases, as HR, we would then make an, a reasonable accommodation, and we would have to do that under the Americans with Disabilities Act and under Title VII. We could make an accommodation to have them either work remotely for a season, or we could also require them to wear a mask or both. So there are some other options. And as we look at uh, the world that we're in right now, some people, of course, religious beliefs, uh, maybe some medical concerns. Uh, what about the people who are have some concerns? Uh, you know, that does, they are losing a bit of their choice. There are some things uh, mm -hmm. people have had problems with adjuvants in vaccines. So they're looking at it going, I don't know if this works that well with my physiology. I don't I've seen the uh, other vaccines react poorly in my physiology. That's right. Maybe I don't want to do that. Do you think that there's going to be some kind of accommodation or if we just gone too far down this, the vaccine is our salvation road? Well, I certainly am thankful for the vaccine being here. And I think, though, that all of these cases that you're talking about will have to be handled, uh, you know, sort of on a case by case basis. But uh, in yeah. general, I think that you'll have some employees who will have, like you said, uh, a real consternation about taking it. And in those cases, I think we all have a responsibility to educate ourselves. I think there's a lot of public um, service announcements that's going to be out there about its, its efficacy as well. And then the other thing I think is important is that you allow people to consult with their doctors or their medical professionals. And if there is any of those instances you talked about where there is, um, you know, some issues around being able to take it for health reasons, those doctor's excuses or those doctor's notes are certainly something we would take under consideration as well. That, that makes sense. There are some mm -hmm. concerns as well of, of how this might affect our office place. And this is something I'm really looking forward to talking to you about working with HR and being an expert in this area. Mm -hmm. We're already dealing with the divided states of America on absolutely every single issue. And now it's starting to get even into petty issues. You know, what's your favorite color can be uh, something that people can argue about over the office cooler. You know, it's just gotten that bad. So mm -hmm, something as important mm -hmm. as a vaccine when people have deeply held not only religious beliefs, but freedom beliefs. That's right. And Political then you have folks beliefs. that say, yep. 
wait a minute, we want everyone to be safe. And, you know, if we get the vaccine, then we'll mm-hmm. be farther down that road. You know, we're looking at a lot of divisive issues. What are we going to do? What's it going to look like? Help us. Yes, you're exactly right. And it's unfortunate. It's the work that I do, right? Our firm, as you talked about when you introduced us, is that we do help organizations build these cultures where we can all come together, work together, collaborate together, and we can do that regardless of our religious beliefs, our political affiliations, and, you know, our race, gender, age, sexual orientation, and all the other things as well. I mean, you hit it. This is certainly a divided and a very polarized Organi- uh, excuse me, very polarized um, time in our organizations, and we have to be sensitive to that as well. But I think that what we have to allow the, to be the main headline and the main justification for all of this is that this is about health and safety. And when you can make it uh, that be the argument, and yes, uh, and still allow people to be able to voice their opinions about it, at the end of the day, they have a choice. They do not have to work at the at the company if the company has made that decision. They can choose to to have uh, to you know choose to go to other places of employment that may not make it mandatory because here's the reality. Private businesses have pretty extensive rights, so they can make it a matter of health and safety, but they can also choose not to as well. And in this environment, so many more organizations can um, have their employees work from home. Which is a different story too, Michelle, when you're thinking about unionized environments too. Yeah, I, I love that idea, too. I think there's been some positive things about the coronavirus that I think we've taught companies that, yeah, people actually can work from home. I know that there's a lot of businesses that are uh, set yeah. in their ways and they're uncomfortable with that. But we've seen that people can work from home, which might be better all the way around, because while the vaccine might be helpful with the coronavirus, as, as some are saying, right. you know, we can't vaccinate against everything. And when we when we aren't exposing ourselves to things, we weaken our immune system. So the next uh, pandemic may be even more deadly. So, you know, there's a lot of things that people are are trying to take into consideration. So we mitigate uh, by our own, some of Mm -hmm. our own choices. And some people say, I'm at high risk, I need to be at home. Goodness sakes, uh, Dr. Davis, during cold and flu season, I'm not going to lie. I don't like to be around the office with people that have little kids, you know, little snot-nosed kids. I love kids. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. But, you mm-hmm. know, everybody <laughs> who has little kids, you know, they're like, you know, all over their face and touching yeah. stuff. And everybody who has kids gets sick, brings it to the office. You know, if you're at high risk of anything, great to be home during cold and flu season. So I wanted to ask you about the new world of telecommuting. Yeah. Love that. I mean, I love that world of telecommuting. Yes. Um, So you're right, Michelle, we have a new reality now. And it's so funny how many times I've worked with organizations where they were so adamant about how important it was to be in the office and you got to be here and face to face. and, And that's how we know you're being productive. And then the pandemic hit. And all of a sudden, there is a whole new way of working. And whether you were ready for it or not, you had to get ready or either you're going to get left behind. And so, yes, this is a new world. And we have shown and proven that we can still be productive. We can still stay connected, that we can still work together. Even if we're not face-to-face, I can still see your beautiful face and see your beautiful home. And all of those things still allow us through technology to continue the work. I, and I love now, that. Now, some of because, those we know aren't going to allow you to do that. 
This is true that there'll be some, but I do love that we've kind of opened that door. And as we go farther down the road, we may open it more because I think you'll like this. I think, I think as a, as a strategist and HR person, organizational management expert that you can appreciate that the more diverse uh, of an employee base we have, the more grand ideas, if we can get past division and work together, we mm-hmm. have so much more at our disposal. So I think that happens when we can open things up to telecommuting to people who otherwise may have access issues and, and things of, of that nature. And I think it's the same mm-hmm. with a, a lot of our our diverging ideas. You've written a book, The Seat, How to Get Invited to the Table When You're Overperforming But Under uh, undervalued, which, you know, I think explains yeah. my, my last position. Um, but uh, but <laughs> talking about getting a seat, um, I think yeah. in this divided world, especially, and this place where, you know, you get the idea of a good old boys club, you know, and, and yeah, you're a great employee, but we've got our, you know, our people right here. I think this, the vaccine, I think this divided world, I think all of the, uh, the, the issues that we're going through now is a time for us to talk about how we can all get a seat. Yeah, it is, Michelle, and it's actually overdue. I wrote that book about five years ago, but it is a combination of years of my experiences being a woman, being a person of color, being a single mom, and all of the, and, and being a woman of faith, and all of those things really hijacking my ability to succeed in an organization when it's at least I was getting all the results. I was being the one that was training people who then would become my boss and my supervisor. I was still being minimized. My voice was not valued at the table. And so I finally decided to take my power back and not continue to allow myself to be devalued. And so I just, I started putting in strategies in place. And that's what the book is all about from a individual woman's perspective or from a minority or an underrepresented group here are 12 strategies that you can employ to be able to in, at least increase your uh, capacity to get invited to the table. And so it's worked for me now. Now, of course, that I wrote that after I've been able to finally get a seat, not only at the table, but the boardroom table, a seat at the, uh, you know, different um, C-suite tables of major global corporations. I'm working with CEOs of all different uh, industries. And so I have a seat now, but growing up and coming up through my ranks, it was my reality. And unfortunately, even you just shared it, it's still the reality of so many more, whether they're women, people of color, people with disabilities, people over 50, people with different religious beliefs or sexual orientation. Yes, it still exists. Yeah, it does. And can I just be unprofessional for a moment and just say, you go, girl, way to go. Okay, I'll get back into my professional (laughs) mode. Uh, No, that's fabulous. And we, while uh, I'm a a woman of of color, a woman of faith, you know, some of those issues can be difficult Mm -hmm. to navigate in in some professional settings. Uh, But Everybody at one time of an, or another can, uh, regardless of you know, maybe they're a, a white male who you know we kind of tend to demonize in our in our society right now a little bit. Uh, sometimes they can feel like they're on the outside if they have a different 
uh, belief, or we can take the vaccine, for example. You know, you can always find yourself Mm -hmm. on the outside. And that's why I think that the advice that you give is helpful for all of us, and especially in those times where you are uh, on the outside looking in with your little face pressed up against the glass going, oh, how do I get a seat at that table? (laughs) So uh, regardless of where we're at, I know we've been talking about the, the vaccine and how that might affect the workplace. Our differing ideas are a problem right now. How do we, maybe giving us just a little insight from your book, how do we start to yeah. get past that that outside looking in and get at that seat? Let, yeah, let me address that in a broad way because that is the number one question I'm getting. That's the number one call I'm getting from clients. And we have, Michelle, we've done over 60 listening sessions since the George Floyd murder. And I have been so pleasantly pleased, having been in this work for over 20 years, 25 years really, in HR and as a Chief Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Officer, I am so pleased to see people leaning in to have the conversation, to be vulnerable, to be willing to listen, to, to learn, to hear lived experiences of people. And many of them, my white counterparts have said, we've never he- heard it like this before. We've never um, had these conversations. We've been afraid to, or we've never been given permission to, or we just don't have the skills to do it. So that's the first thing is recognizing that if we start to talk and be willing to hear and listen to the lived experiences, the real experiences that people are having like me, like you, that we start to learn a little bit better about the the, the uh, realities that we face, not only in our companies, but also in our country. So that's the first thing is recognizing we need to talk and listen to each other. We also have to recognize that we are human and we have hard, we are hardwired for being biased. And so we were grown up, we were socialized, we at an early age, we had been taught messages about people who were not like us. And so we continue to have those same kinds of um, perceptions and stereotypes and even prejudices about people who are not like us. That's a human nature trait, yes, but it's not an excuse, right? We still have to be aware of how we see others and not make those quick snap assessments and judgments that keep people who are who are fully qualified to do the job, fully qualified to lead a team or lead an initiative. We can't overlook them and keep saying, well, I don't know them. I'm not comfortable with them. And I want people who look like me, who talk like yeah. me, think like me and came from my same college and university. We've got to move past that and be willing to recognize. Here's the third thing, not just listening and, un- and understanding and getting educated. Second thing, yes, recognize that we all have biases and as leaders, we got to address them. But that third piece is we have to recognize that the world around us has changed. It is a much more global marketplace and society. It is much more diverse than ever before. More women than ever before, more people of color, five generations working alongside each other, people living longer, working longer. That is our new reality of the generation of talent. So when we recognize that this is the world around us, we have a responsibility as leaders and as individuals to contribute to building a more inclusive workplace and workplace. I like all that information, and it's good to keep that in mind when um, we can feel um, displaced or we can feel like we're not part of the good old boys club. So good old boys club needs to pay attention. Mm-hmm. But here's the magic to what you're sharing is this actually goes for us as well. You mentioned uh, George Floyd. I had gone to George Floyd Square uh, within weeks of uh, the 
the incident that took place and what I saw there was so beautiful and so amazing. The love in that neighborhood. It's a neighborhood of people. And the people said, look, Michelle, this is something that that the media is not getting. And we want you to tell our story. We are not against yeah. police. We're not against police. We want a dialogue no, with we're police. Not. Right. We're against right. what took place. We're against abuses that happen. Just like police, right. and, police and the community. Brutality. Yep. Yep. Just like people are, uh, the police are against uh, brutality that happens to the community. And we're all against that. You know, we don't want to see That's right. uh, abuses like, like this. And so that was such a beautiful moment because there was such an us against them and we've not been heard. So we're going to demand to be heard. And they said, no, that's not what it's about. It's about co- uh, right. initiating a conversation that is a beautiful thing that takes all of the it things that you had just it, yeah. mentioned about having mm-hmm. conversations, talking, uh, getting past our own That's biases, right. uh, even if we feel That's like right. we've been victimized, and being able to realize that the world has changed and we can be part of a good change if we can be inclusive instead of saying you're the evil one. We're demonizing people, and I think that's part of the problem. Yeah. It is. And it's like you can't be right because you don't believe a certain way or you don't think a certain way that another person thinks. And that the power of diversity is that we come from different worlds. We come from different experiences and we can broaden our own worldview. We can broaden our own horizons and our own learning if we uh, if we recognize that and start to be more open to listening to people i don't have to agree with you i have to accept you that's what we want acceptance doesn't always mean agreement it means we can agree to disagree about certain issues or certain things but let's at least accept each other that we're human we're american and that we all have something in common with someone else and let's start with shared meaning let's start with where we do have commonality commonality is we make Maybe we love our country. Commonality may we love our families. Let's start with that. Let's start with the fact that we are in a the country where it has the greatest amount of liberty and freedom. Let's start with that. And we don't have to agree, but let's at least accept that we are different, but we're still valuable. I love that. Uh, an example I used in, in my blog that I heard from a friend this week, uh, Dr. Davis, is uh, we drive on the right side of the road. Okay, we uh, use miles per hour. Other countries will drive on the left hand side of the road and they use kilometers. They're not unable to drive. They're not evil people. They're not wrong. They're just doing it differently. Sometimes those differences and this is the uh, is a key uh, that I am gleaning from you. Sometimes those differences are actually, when we come together, help us to think outside of our usual box to reach more people to yes. uh, to make our, our our company even more relatable in this global market yeah. that you mentioned. I love it. Michelle, same thing with me. Look, I grew up in America, but I have had the fortune of traveling to over 30 countries 
around the world. And what it has allowed me to do, and I've seen the value of it. I've learned about so many different cultures and norms and beliefs and practices. And I've just learned just about the people and how people think and communicate and how they relate hmm. to each other. Wow. And it has really increased my value and my worth that I bring now back to my country, back to my companies, my clients, my customers, and my friends. I'm able to have a bigger, broader conversation. It's allowed me to be more empathetic. It has allowed me to ask more questions and to be more curious. When we can do that, that brings a greater level of understanding. I did the same thing too. Went to my first country with my American lens and, and see what you just <laughs> said was, was, oh, they drive on the right side of the road and, and we, you know, we drive on this side. Well, what I went out of the country and said, oh my God, they're all driving on the wrong side of the road. So I made <laughs> it about right and wrong. Right. And we make those judgments all the time. So that's the realities of it, but that's the world we live in now is that we have got to make an intentional decision, intentionality to be inclusive, to, to create a, a better world where we can understand each other, where we listen to understand and not listen to respond and cut someone off or debate them and discourse, have discourse with them. It's all about trying to get them to see it our way. I will never be able to see it a certain way because I am built a certain way. I'm a woman. I'm a person of color. I'll never be able to see the world from the lenses or the eyes of a white male, right? But I've had n a number of conversations to where at least I'm able to ask questions to understand. Oh, my gosh. You are now my new favorite person. Thank you very much, Dr. Davis. You're exactly what <laughs> well, we need to hear. I love this work, right? It's, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's, an important, it's an important time, and I'm so thrilled to be on the the, the front end, the front lines of this. And I can tell you that this now is not just a moment. It truly is a movement. And the number of major corporations that we've had the honor of working with over these last eight months has been so, um, for me, it's been just optimistic. I've been having a different perception that and now we're finally there. We're, we're now crossing over to another arena and that is to be more authentic and, and to be a part now of more solutions and for our companies to truly start to do the right thing, not just because it's morally and socially the responsible thing to do, but because it is a matter of humanizing people. It's a matter of doing it because your business can succeed and because you can be more innovative and more individually because I can be a better person. I love that. Let's get uh, back in our final seconds together to the vaccine. You've uh, given me yeah. some insight into how this can be a positive thing and what we, how we can navigate. I tend to come from uh, another point of view with the vaccine. I don't think a vaccine is a, a cure-all. I much, I wish we had more conversation about what are we doing to our immune system. I would really like to take into consideration that. Uh, healthy people getting it seems to help with herd immunity, but that's a different point of view. Uh, your point of view is coming from, oh, thank God the vaccine is here. And that's perfectly fine. And we're, we're talking to each other. I'm learning from you. This mm, is how mm -hmm, we need to mm -hmm. dialogue in the future. So how, again, back to the vaccine, how can we yeah. as both employees, people who would like a seat at the table and employers n uh, navigate through this time uh, coming from different points of view like you and I? 
Yeah, I think, you know what, what you and I have been doing, I think, is a great model. So, for example, let's say we're in a company and I'm heading up the HR department. First thing I would recommend people do is to start educating and start having conversations about the vaccinations and the reason and the need for doing it in our organization. Let's have a town hall, even if it's virtual right now, and let's talk through it. Let's have some medical professionals in our from our communities that can also be here to answer your questions because a lot of times people are listening, listening and getting misinformation. So let's make sure people have an opportunity to be able to be heard, but also to ask questions and to get educated. And then once you make you know, get that information, you can hopefully make an informed decision. Based on that, then I would say, then let's talk about who's going to get vaccinated and who's not and why. And then we'll have to manage those case by cases where we may have to require people to wear a mask if they don't want to get vaccinated. We may have to require them to work from home remotely if they don't want to get vaccinated. Or we may just have to say, you know what, then this may not be the right company for you because it is for us a matter of health and safety. But there are those options, right, where it's not my way, the only way, and the highway. It has to be, let's talk, let's understand each other, let's get educated, and then we will take each of these cases uh, on a case-by-case basis. Okay, let's take it from the, it, in my final question, let's take it from the other point yeah. of view. Let's say that in, in in our company, we have a number of doctors that are there that are concerned about adjuvants and concerned about long-term uh, effects of vaccines and talk about the history that vaccines have been both good and they have caused problems. And, and so let's say that this company is saying, you know, we're not really comfortable with the vaccine, but you're an employee that says, oh my goodness, that kind of scares me. See, you know, as I'm learning from you, we can look at it from both ends and both sides don't have to be right. We just are having to navigate Mm -hmm. in a different way. So how would that look? Much the same? It it really would. I mean, much of it would be the same because people have their specific reasons. Some of them may not have a medical reason. Some of them may just only have a moral or religious reason, but it's still valid. And we have to still accept that. But like I said, there are some specific industries that will make it a requirement and they'll have to um, either make a decision if not they want to stay at that organization or if they want to, you know, um, they can certainly ask for an exemption because of medical reasons under the ADA, Americans with Disabilities Act. So, you know, yes, keep the conversation, keep the dialogue going. Let's, this is new to all of us. We have never, ever had this many people killed in less than a year this fast. So it's new to all of us. We got to demonstrate empathy, but we also have to be open to have the conversation and to learn more. We're still learning. Even healthcare professionals, they're still learning too, but I'm thrilled to see so much more hope out there and optimism out there. Even if not everybody takes it, if most of us takes it, maybe that will then help overcompensate for those who don't for the reasons that they don't want to take it. Well, I really want to thank you for coming on. You're one of my new favorite people. It's just the way it is. And it's been oh, so much I'm fun so talking with you. I'm so honored that you had me on. <laughs> well, Great you dialogue. Are, Great dialogue. Thank I am you. really hoping uh, very much that as we go into the future, we see more folks who are inviting people to the table that look a lot like you because you're a delight to have on. DrShirleyDavis.com is where you can go for more information. Her book is The Seat, How to Get Invited to the table when you're overperforming but undervalued. I'm going to have a link on that with, to her book on my webpage, mymichellelive.com. And I hope we get to talk again. You're a delight.
My pleasure. Happy holidays to you and all of your listening audience. Well, welcome to News and Views Thursday, my friends. We're going to take this conversation on the vaccine and things that you need to know and maybe things that you aren't hearing off the wall. It's off the wall commentary. Let's take it off the wall. And we're going off the wall with uh, one of our regular commentators, Mark Griswold. Mark, happy vaccine to you. (laughs) Yay. If you're jumping off a wall, you should definitely have a parachute. And the problem is, a lot of us jump off walls. As the saying goes, it's not the fall that will kill you. It's the sudden stop at the end. (laughs) <laughs> we're all just falling down. We're all dead. We're all plummeting toward the earth. And I was thinking about this in, in writing. Sometimes the phrase is the ground rushed up to meet him. No, the ground didn't rush up to meet you. It's not the ground's fault. You jumped off the building. You're plummeting towards the earth. It's your fault. We're all plummeting toward the earth here. And we just want the easy fix. Oh, COVID just give me the shot. I don't want to have to deal with, developing herd immunity or oh yeah i think back uh you know what was it in the 50s and 60s the women had the morning sickness oh here's some thalidomide well what happened to their babies all sorts of birth defects you know we've got you you want to be taller smaller stronger longer there's a pill for that we've got all these pills we've got all these quick fixes but uh all the cures we want and they're all for the wrong disease what is the real disease then? We're afraid of death. Uh, and, and I think that's because we are truly afraid of death. You know, those of us who have faith in Christ uh, and depending on, you know, where you are in your walk. And you know what? Even if you don't have faith in it, maybe, maybe your religion is different. But I think people that are comfortable with life and comfortable with death know that this is not the end. They, they believe in salvation of some kind. They believe that the next world will be a better one. And if that's the case, then why worry? I mean, I'm not going to go out and uh, lick doorknobs, and I'm certainly not going to go jump off a wall without a parachute because, it's mm-hmm. uh, you know, when it's my time, it's my time, and I'm not going to encourage it to be any sooner. But uh, as some of your listeners who've listened for a while know, I've, jumped out of airplanes i have jumped off of walls attached he's to crazy bike. that way it's true he's yeah, crazy that way i think that's crazy <laughs> but uh i think it's living life and i and i refuse to huddle inside my little uh bubble and not go out for anything because oh no scary world out there it might kill me and you know i'm not trying to make any big comment on covid certainly it has killed some people and like i said don't go out and uh lick doorknobs but for most of us dying in a car accident uh, there's a better chance of dying in a car accident than dying for, from covid and we don't freak out about getting in our car none of us think twice about getting in our car and driving sometimes after having too much to drink right uh we all make choices and uh you know i, I wouldn't drink and drive i'm not encouraging that by any means and part of it is that suffering, right? You, you know, death is the ultimate end, at least on this planet. I, I don't believe it is forever. But there are things that we live through that are painful, and they're part of life. 
you know, <laughs> I've had my heart broken a few times. It wasn't pleasant, but I, I learned something from that. I learned that life went on and it made me a stronger person. I was actually at the Cub Scout meeting a couple nights ago and we started off playing musical chairs. The music stopped. One of the kids was out and he went crying to his dad. And it, in a way, it was kind of heartbreaking to see. Oh, you know, no one wants their kid to be upset. But the father, to his credit, didn't stop the game, right? Not everybody gets a chair. And he learned how to lose at musical chairs, which most of us now would think is not a big deal at all. Next, maybe he'll lose at a baseball game that he really tried mm. at. And that, you know, Come on, there you go. Mm-hmm. Or oh, we'll watch your team. You'll watch your team lose the MLS Cup when they really should have won. I'm not over that yet. Go ahead, Mark. Sorry. Uh, yeah, and it's, it's tragic. There are tragedies in life. Uh, but if we have faith that God is in control and that life after death does exist, uh, then we're not going to make up these problems. I mean, it's gotten to the point in the world now that I think we know we have problems that we don't like to talk about. I mean, life is just so blessed. We're, we live in the most prosperous place on Earth in the most prosperous time in history, but we know that there's something sick about us, so we invent problems. I mean, peanut allergies. I'm not saying that they don't exist at all, but it seems like everybody has peanut allergies. Well, when guess where they kid, came from, by the way. No, of course we well, didn't, but guess where they came from? From vaccines, because they put peanut oil in in vaccines. They used a derivative, and, it, and we give it to kids early. And so that's where I want to intervene here in the conversation and say the Bible reminds us to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. That's kind of the ongoing theme today that I want to bring to the table. Look, <clears throat> the vaccine, a vaccine in itself is not a bad thing it exposes us to the virus in a in a gent supposedly in a gentle way so that we can uh, develop an immunity that's great that also happens when it, you have a healthy immune system and you're exposed to the virus you may get a little sick and you may get a little sick from the virus uh, and from the vaccine as well but we develop our immune systems and then we're stronger for the next ridiculous thing that comes along, hopefully not in 2020. But here's my point, Mark, that we need to be wise as serpents, harmless as doves. We cannot jump out of an airplane as you have without a parachute. You know, you have to be wise. You just don't go woo willy-nilly. We don't tr just say, okay, the vaccine is a, an absolute cure-all. Think about it for your family, for your health. Uh, think of, uh, uh, take into consideration the other things that we're doing. Now, uh, you and I are not both people that love the whole mask idea, but if I'm going to be uh, spending some time one-on-one -on -one with someone that I know has health issues, I might consider definitely uh, mask up in that regard. Uh, we want to make sure that we are washing our hands and no one wants to get sick. So there's some balance in there. And I'd like your thoughts on that. Yeah, you know, whether it's the vaccine and there's certainly some reports that have come out that are conveniently being hidden from the mainstream media about some uh, side effects, especially for pregnant women. So it's definitely something that people should uh, research. I mean, I'm, I'm not getting the vaccine and I'm not an anti-vaxxer by any means. Uh, but, you know, I'm not, I, I have a 99.87% chance of not dying and the effectiveness of the vaccine is only 95%. So, 
you know, what's the point for me? But, you know, going beyond that, again, we take these, there's a pill for everything, right? But all these things we have, they, they mask what we really want. You know, it doesn't, we, we, we get into these shallow Come on, bring it home. Bring and, it home, Mark. Yes. And, keep going. And, keep going. Uh, it doesn't, it, 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 it masks the true relationship we might have, you know, with, with a loved one, right? We, you know, people, they go sleep around and have a, a new girlfriend or boyfriend every night. And that robs them of the opportunity to give their heart fully to someone. Uh, and, you know, beyond that, it gives, it uh, detracts from them giving their heart fully to what I believe is Jesus Christ, right? We, we, we mask all of our problems with shots or pills or one night stands and that just pushes off the real problem, which is loneliness and fear of death. And there you go. Uh, wise as serpents, harmless as doves. It's a biblical concept to have some wisdom. There are some things that you can do to protect yourself. You can decide whether you're taking the vaccine or not. But maybe a deeper issue and a more important uh, way to look at at the situation is what are you really ailing from? What is it that you're really fearing? And what is the ultimate cure? Maybe inoculation against uh, separation from God forever. We really are in this time in need of a savior. Mark Griswold is absolutely bringing it home today to the deeper story that we look for on this broadcast. Thank you so much, Mark, for hanging out for us. One more one more point. Remember in the Garden of Eden, the serpent gave the apple, which was for the tree of knowledge. What could be worse than knowledge, right? That's a good thing. But be careful what you wish for. <laughs> there you go. Thanks, Mark. We'll catch you next time. All right. Thank you. Well, as we look at this new era of crazy in 2020, the vaccine may be what people are looking for as our salvation. And there are others who are looking at it saying, wait a minute, it's not a one-size-fits-all cure. And there are some concerns about being forced into vaccinations, forced to put something into your body. And we're trying to find some balance, not to walk in complete fear, but to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves is a phrase that comes from the Bible, trying to find some balance. Mm. So we're going to look at the entire situation and we're going to look at it through the pages of history. My friend, we are going to get a twitch on this week in Christian history. And joining us to Twitch is Michael Austin from Christian History Magazine. You can go to ChristianHistoryMagazine.org to get their latest edition. Always full of gorgeous pictures, great articles, a lot of education, and a lot of fun, just like our friend Michael. Hello, Michael. Hello, Michelle. Good to be with you again. And uh, uh, interesting topic you've got here, something that uh, everybody's dealing with on a day-by-day basis, huh? Well, yes, and I wanted to take on something that you brought to my attention today uh, from issue 135 of Christian History Magazine was some thoughts from Martin Luther's wife, Katie. Uh, she had some fabulous things to say about the plague of their time. 
Yes, actually, this is a um, a letter from Martin Luther. Uh, it's interesting, Katie. Of course, uh, they were together uh, when this plague hit, and um, it was in 1522 that um, the plague became very severe there in Wittenberg, where um, uh, where Martin Luther and Katie were living together at the time of um, of this article that that is about Katie which is actually in our um, Today in History uh, that, that is coming up just in a couple of days. Um, Katie actually died in December of that year, and this was after Martin Luther's death. But at the time when the plague was um, very prevalent in, in Wittenberg, um, prior to his death, he wrote about it, and he wrote a very, I think, a prophetic uh, letter um, ad- advising people how to take care of themselves in such a situation. And it's remarkable in reading this letter how similar the, uh, the time was, how similar the um, emergency was, and how people were dealing with it. From his comments, uh, I think we could, we could probably um, do well uh, taking his advice in his uh, in this letter uh, today in 2020. Well, some of the things <clears throat> that were talked about in the letter are things we really do need to think about as we move into a time uh, where we're looking at a vaccine for health. Uh, I I think that in some ways we've, and and I can be guilty of this, demonizing vaccines. Vaccines in themselves are... Uh, a great idea. It's much like uh, exposing yourself to something. So you build your immune system, you get over it. Sometimes it's a cold, sometimes it's a flu, you get over it, your immune system stronger, you move on. Vaccines use utilize that idea by exposing you just a little bit to the virus. Now, mm-hmm. because we aren't as educated mm-hmm. as we used to be, oftentimes we think it's just something that'll keep us from getting the virus. No, it's actually a small dose of the virus. <clears throat> Sometimes the adjuvants that they put in to help it to work better cause serious problems. We've had peanut allergies all over the place as a result of vaccinating absolutely everyone mm. and uh, using peanut oil in some of these uh, vaccines for mm. children at very young ages uh, instead of uh, encouraging them to use the utilize their immune system or to get uh, immunities from their mother's health. There are some serious problems. And yes, there are a lot of documentations of death and issues with uh, neurological problems. We've got that. This vaccine, though, um, has been through a lot of tests. I get it. And there, are, there's no reason why people shouldn't question a lot of the unknowns, Michael, as we talked about yesterday. But to just kind of blanketly walk away from thoughts of a vaccine uh, to... I'm not a big mask advocate, but I can understand how it can protect others uh, to tempt fate. Those are some of the things that was in, that were in this letter. Yes. You know, the, the amazing thing that I uh, have focused on in, in looking at this 
is that all of this is based on a remarkable way, the brilliant way that our, our creator created us. And that, and that is that our bodies have this ability to develop what we call antibodies. And so vaccines wouldn't work um, unless, our, our, unless we were created this way. So what we are doing, we are observing something that our, our creator has, uh, has done. We have nothing to do with that. We don't know how it works specifically. We just know that it does work. And so uh, there is herd immunability. In other words, if you expose yourself naturally, and this happens, we, we have observed this with COVID. Yeah. Martin Luther was observing it with the plague. In fact, he was, Way he back was then. Um, admonishing people. Uh, there, were, there were apparently folks in, the, in, the, in his day who were just cavalierly um, behaving actually recklessly. Because yeah, he even said that they said it's a it's a it's a temptation it's a uh, punishment of God and if I am a good person then I should have nothing to fear. Uh, they also thought mm -hmm. that well you know God will protect me and uh, it's not unlike what we're seeing today in some regards, uh, just being so cavalier. Yes, and he's saying, um, you know, don't be reckless. And take the medicine that, uh, you know, we have, whatever we have, uh, whatever's provided, <clears throat> take that, me that medicine in measured amounts. Um, don't resist that because um, it, may, it may do well. <clears throat> and in fact, people in some, in some cases, I think always with, and there's so many of these, I mean, that the, the, the issue, by the way, that you mentioned, 135 talks about lots of different plagues, uh, epidemics, viruses, um, and so forth. And they, you know, we, we're, we're learning and look at what we, how we've learned to deal with COVID. Um, but he says to people, now there's a lot of people and, and I'm, you know, I, I'm sort of uh, in the, have the same attitude you do. I resist this idea of having to wear these masks. Um, however, there is some very practical advice that Martin Luther gave at that time and that is given today. In other words, this idea of quarantining ourselves, keeping a, a, a space between us and others. We can become very careless. We can become too intimate with people. We can, become, we can be hugging complete strangers that we know nothing <laughs> about. And, and, and that sort of behavior, um, I think it's something that, you know, uh, our, our Bible teaches us to, first of all, be sober, um, also to be modest, uh, to be measured. Uh, to well, it also be, says um, to greet one another with a holy kiss, and we're not doing that during social distancing. But you're right. <laughs> <laughs> There's some, it, there, is call, there are calls for wisdom. Uh, back in Martin Luther's time, they were surely... Uh, learning about how to protect themselves so that that yes um plagues yeah. and disease it is part of the fall of man but just as it rains on the just and the unjust so does covid and so do plagues so they were learning about mm -hmm. sanitation of uh, distancing um getting ourselves giving ourselves some room um maybe 
utilizing the medicines that are there. But as you said, Michael, uh, that also has to come with wisdom because with a lot of medicine we're looking at the vaccine like it's a it's an absolute cure-all we look at mm-hmm. uh, as we mm-hmm. were talking uh, earlier we look at things as though well this is the the be-all end-all and we can, oh there's a pill for that but that's a lot uh, putting a lot of faith in man's wisdom that is oftentimes flawed so it it's like an analogy for life Listen to some of the words that, that he has used. He said, very well, by God's decree, the enemy has sent a poison among us. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of paraphrase his words because he's using uh, translated, you know, he wrote this in German and it's been translated in English and so forth. But he says, um, uh, he, he does have this view that this is a judgment of God, that disease is a judgment of God. And in his time, uh, people needed to repent. Thought. Guess what? We need to repent in our time, too. So we do, and especially we Christians, do see these things as judgment. But he goes on to say, Therefore, I shall ask God's merciful, mercifully to protect us. Then I shall fumigate. <laughs> I'll help to purify <laughs> the air. I'll administer medicine, and I'll take it. I shall avoid places and purses where persons where my presence is not needed in order to become um, not to become contaminated and thus uh, perchance infect or pollute others and so cause their death as a result of my negligence if God should wish to take me he surely will find me and I've done what I have (laughs) done what he would expect of me (laughs) and so I'm not uh, responsible for either my own death or the death of others. In other words, what he's saying is, do your best to avoid this illness. Be um, wise be as serpents and harmless as doves. Wise Thank as serpents you. and harmless as doves. And as yeah. we look at the world around us, whether it is a plague and how to deal with it, whether it's a vaccine and whether to take it, or whether it's the issues of life, we've seen that other people have walked this road before, Michael Austin of Christian History Magazine. And <laughs> we also know that... We that's where we need a little wisdom of God and not to just act willy nilly, act on fear, trust, simply put our trust in uh, what the media says, but to be wise, wise as serpents, harmless as doves. Michael Austin is with Christian History Magazine. It is always a delight to talk with you, Michael, and thank you very much for making history with us today. A great pleasure for me. And, and be well, keep well, and um, love your neighbor. More news and views at mymichellelive.com.